Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, is another version of the Tell Dell Show, and with us today is Mark Pence out of Phoenix, Arizona. Mark has, in five years, accumulated 4,891 units, not a small feat, to say the least, and has uh, syndicated three deals himself, so we're going to have a a lot of time to spend with him today to find out all about his story. So welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, thanks, Dell. It's great to be on, and I appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, discussing. Well, let's take it from the beginning. Um, tell us about yourself before you came to Lifestyles. Sure. A um, little background myself. I've uh, been married about 21 years to uh, Jody. I've got two daughters that uh, are 16 and 12. I grew up in uh, just west of uh, Cleveland, uh, blue-collar town and, uh, you know, middle class, pretty typical. Father worked as a uh, fireman, and, you know, just uh, I saw him every day just uh, putting in hard work. I uh, really taught, uh, you know, myself and uh, my other siblings uh, just hard work and, uh, you know, integrity and honesty and uh Went, uh, like most people, had the aspirations to go to college and kind of looked at it and said, you know, the, the better uh, education I get, the better job I get, um, you know, the, the more money I can make. So, you know, after graduating high school, I uh, went to college as uh, an engineer. And, uh, and you pointed out uh, earlier how uh, I'm pretty analytical and really enjoy uh, understanding how things work. Um, after college, I uh, was in the uh, Navy for about uh, four and a half years out of uh, San Diego and uh, enjoyed that, but uh, wanted more. I realized I could probably do a little bit more in uh, the corporate America world with some of the uh, leadership principles that I had learned. And uh, so I left and uh, moved into corporate America back in uh, 1995. And corporate America just uh, focused on climbing the ladder. I was in uh, sales operations management for 
the majority of my career and had moved around several times, had several promotions, and uh, started realizing that uh, I kind of had this direction that uh, I wanted to go as being more of an entrepreneur or having my own uh, business. And, uh, you know, that kind of culminated uh, with when I found Lifestyles back in 2015 uh, in Dallas at the time. So uh, it says here that you started uh, buying single-family houses back in 2004 and that you've got most of your information from just researching books, reading books, and other type of material? Sure. At the time, I was living in uh, South Florida, and the uh, housing market was incredibly hot then. Uh, so we had moved back to Phoenix, um, my wife and I, and uh, we decided to rent our house out. And so that became my my first uh, movement into investing single family. And, uh, you know, luckily the house continued to, to go up in value. And uh, from there, I kind of started gaining confidence in buying real estate. And uh, like I mentioned there, I probably read five or six books. I didn't really know a lot of investors to talk to and have any mentors. I was sort of doing it on my own and my own research and trying to figure it out myself. And, uh, you know, luckily it turned out well. It, uh, that first one went up, skyrocketed in value, and then the market crashed and it came back down a bit. But, you know, I still ended up profitable. Real estate's pretty forgiving, which uh, I've learned. So did you progress then into more single-family houses? Yeah, so I had moved back to uh, Phoenix and uh, joined, worked with a, an investment group there and ended up buying... Uh, three more single-family homes uh, around 2012, 2013, and uh, those properties did very well. And prior to moving to Dallas uh, in 2015 when I joined Lifestyles, I bought uh, one more uh, house. And after I joined Lifestyles, I was able to meet with a single-family mentor and really understand how to evaluate the profitability on them and when to sell. And immediately determined I had enough equity where I should be selling three of them and uh, ended up uh, selling them right away. So if you already had your, your toe in the sand, what made you look into Lifestyles Unlimited? Well, I had uh, left my corporate job to try and start my own business back in 2014 and uh, learned a lot from that. Basically, the biggest lesson learned was I didn't really have cash flow when I left my, uh, my job. And needed to make up, uh, get my business up and running quickly, and ended up going back into corporate America. I, that's what moved me to Dallas. And as soon as I got to Dallas, I was very interested in doing more real estate, more single family. I was going to do my day job and buy single family houses, uh, as many as I could. And then I kept hearing the advertisements for lifestyles on the radio, and I finally went to the uh, the two hour seminar and uh you know met with the instructor there and she had done two or three houses herself and talked about the process and how she did it and uh what the cash flows were and just took the steps uh to join and went to the two-day and that really got me uh into the position where i am today to understand a roadmap understand how evaluate you know, profitability and really kickstart me into where I am now uh, into multifamily. So that's five years ago. Do you remember the two day that you went to? Do you remember the the highlights, the aha moments? I call it the light bulb moments. The thing that goes on goes, man, that's what I've been doing wrong. That's that's the ticket right there that's going to make it all work. 
Absolutely. I did the two day with uh, David Fisher and um, it's more than just learning about real estate. I learned how to uh, position my finances and, you know, not rely on the stock market. But the biggest takeaway was just getting cash flow properties. That way, no matter what the market's doing, if it's cash flowing, you just hang on to it. If the market goes down, it'll come back and, you know, you, you have an opportunity when it goes down to buy more real estate. But that cash flow and understanding uh, how to evaluate and buy the right properties was was the biggest takeaway. Gotcha. Um, you were all doing. You were doing at the time single family. What were your thoughts after you went to the two the second day where they talked about multifamily? Did that sway you at all? It absolutely did. I remember coming home that night, calling my wife and saying, "Oh my gosh, we're just going to buy." ton of single family homes. And then the second day on Sunday, I learned about how to drive the value in multifamily, but just understanding how, you know, net operating income works and how that creates value and, and different levers you can pull to create that value. From that point on, I decided I was going to move all from single family to multifamily. It just created a, a better opportunity to go faster and, and create more value. So you moved very quickly into being a uh, lead investor, as we call it here at Lifestyles, a syndicator, if you're not from Lifestyles. Um, obviously, you had your first deal by 2015. You joined just during that same year. So how did you get into a deal so quickly? So as I made that decision after the two-day to move to multifamily, I was still in Dallas at the time and just started meeting shaking hands with all the leads, really learning how the process worked and free, started freeing up as much equity as possible um, just through various sources, selling the houses and uh, what I had in uh, stocks and bonds and move that into passive deals. And really my intent was to stay as a passive investor. And the more I did it, the more road trips and uh, case studies I saw, I visited properties and really understood how the business worked. And I've always loved managing a P&L and managing a business and leveraging a team to be successful. And from, you know, the obvious point there or the next path was to become a lead. And so I started thinking in 2016, 2017, that's the direction I wanted to go. But at the time, my wife wanted to move back to uh, Phoenix. So my company that I was working for uh, moved me back to another position. And I just stayed at a position that I could do well at with minimal hours and was able to focus on my real estate. And that's where I moved into the lead position and built up some investors, some passive investors and found my first property. In All right. Well, that's a good place. In. That's a good place to take a break right there because they're going to kick us out the back end for uh, radio commercials. So we'll be right back with Mark Petz and the Dell Wamsley radio show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Mark Petz from Phoenix, Arizona. <clears throat> Mark is currently a uh, lead investor, which in the outside world is called a syndicator. And uh, he owns three apartment complexes as the lead investor. And he also is in 22 different passive deals. Now, Mark, we're going to bring this back a little bit here. And um, when you first joined up, you went out and started doing passive deals. 22 of them is quite a few of them to get done right away. Let's talk about how you aligned yourself to start finding these deals, and then we'll get into what metrics you used to pick which ones you wanted. Sure. Um, the way I found the deals that I wanted to engage with was uh, going to all of the uh, lifestyles meetings, or typically meetings for uh, uh, road trips and uh, educational times and in in those meetings you would have the opportunity to actually meet the uh meet the lead syndicators so at any one time in dallas there would be maybe 20 or 30 different syndicators leads and you had you could uh, talk to them about uh you know what their background is shake hands with them and uh, get a sense for what type of uh, business leader they would be and through that process i was able to make those contacts and you know, get on their list. So when they had deals that they, you know, found the right property and had a business plan, I could evaluate that and go ahead and, you know, deploy capital into those uh, deals. And it was very rewarding to be able to meet the person who's actually doing it versus trying to invest in a stock where you don't know who the fund manager is from your neighbor. It was always random. So you had a chance to really know their background and pick the right person and the right deal and to answer your question on understanding which ones to invest with. It was really a combination of getting to know who that you know business manager lead was going to be and the property itself and looking at the numbers, the pro formas, what the business plan was to get there, whether it was adding value to the property or operations play, but really at a, a full 360 view of what you're getting into before you invested. So did you put more weight on, and I, I call these the horse 
or the jockey, the horse being the deal, the jockey being the person that makes it win or not, which did you put more weight on, the horse or the jockey? So I would say one or two years ago, I was more focused on the property itself. But as I learned more and more, I would lean a little bit more, probably 60-40 towards the jockey, uh, the person putting the deal together, because if they've got the experience and the know-how, they're going to pick the right property for you, and you can trust their performance numbers are going to be accurate and you know potentially exceed what they forecast they're going to be able to do with the property. As you got into it in the beginning, did you have an outlined plan as to what types of deals you wanted to get into as, let's say, a value play compared to a yield play, a capital gains play compared to a cash flow play, or possibly a hybrid of the two? What, what was, did you have a plan about that, or were you just picking whatever you could find as it came up? I did have a plan. Uh, since I, I still had a job at the time, I focused on value plays or more hybrid leaning on values, so really increasing you know, the capital return. Uh, so those are the types of deals that uh, you know, I was looking for ones where I could you know, double my money in two, three years and, uh, and focus on just increasing net worth and then being able to redeploy that you know, after two, three years, redeploy that into two more deals. Great. Now, you've had 22 of these passive deals. I think I saw in your uh, resume that you had eight of them sold already? Yes, that's correct. They've, uh, uh, what what kind of return one, did you get out of those? So all of them really uh, exceeded my expectations. I you know, did my first deal back in uh, first couple back in 2015, and you know, just looking down the line, they were almost all of them were able to double my investments in, you know, a good uh, probably three three to four-year time frame. Uh, most of the pro formas predicted four to six, but uh, most of them exceeded that time frame and uh, were able to deliver. Well, that's good. Um, the stuff that you're still in, uh, is it just set up to get out of it later on down the line, or is it set up to stay in place for a long period of time? So all the deals that I'm in, uh, they're typically a, uh, a three to five or five to seven year hold. And the way the market's been so strong, uh, most of them are in Texas and in Arizona. I've got a couple in Atlanta and uh, Mobile, Alabama and, and Kansas. But the majority of them are exceeding pro forma where they're either doing a uh, cash out refi at that uh, two to three year point where I'm getting the majority of my money back or selling at that uh, three to four year point where you know, I'm more than doubling my uh, initial investment. So it's been a great run and uh, the properties I'm still holding are cash flowing and paying out anywhere from seven to 10% uh, quarterly uh, distributions. So it, it's a great combination where I'm getting those quarterly checks and I'm you know, seeing the value increase as uh, as the NOI goes up in the properties and the, you know, the leads doing their job working with uh, property management to uh, increase the value of it. Now, you did your first syndication uh, that you ran as a lead in uh, 2018, so that's three years after you joined. Um, 
I take you did most of these 22 passives during that first three years? I've actually been investing some, doing both. I've been redeploying some of the money from the passive investments back into more passive and then taking some of that money as well and doing my own lead deals. So as the sell, I've had enough doubling effect where I've been able to do both. So I'm kind of going on two different paths at the same time. Gotcha. All right. So then my next question is, what triggered you? to want to change over and be a syndicator yourself? It's really just wanting to learn more. I just have a constant desire to learn and grow, and I felt like uh, being a lead would fulfill that desire to take a team and, you know, bring it together towards one goal and, you know, be successful at it. So after properties and uh, talking to people, I could only learn so much. So I hit that trigger point where I needed to do it to get to the next level of understanding the business. And, and that was really the drive towards, uh, you know, being a lead investor. Were you still working at your job at the time? I, yes, I actually was. Uh, after the uh, second deal, I was able to uh, leave corporate America and uh, just run my business and uh, work on managing uh, finances and deals, and it's been a great experience. All right, Mark, well, we're going to go to another break now. Um, when we get back, we're going to have more about Mark's deals that he's actually syndicated and where he wants to go with his investment future. We'll be right back with Mark Pett from the Del Wobbly Radio Show. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Mark Petz out of Phoenix, Arizona. Mark has been a single-family investor. He has been a passive multifamily investor, and now he is a syndicator or what we call a lead investor on three different deals, and he continues to passively invest while he is still a lead investor. So as we went to break, Mark, I told you we want to come back, and let's talk now about your first deal you syndicated. Uh, tell us what it was like psychologically and structurally for you to get ready to syndicate a deal. What, what, what did your mind have to go through? What did you and your wife have to discuss? I mean, that's a big step to, to say, I'm going to start a business. Yes, it was, uh, I'll be honest, psychologically, it was a big hurdle to get over. And the beauty of it was I had all these uh, team members around me that uh, that I met through Lifestyles and in the marketplace to really help analyze the deal, make sure it was a good deal. And to be honest, uh, the mentor team was able to look at it and get me over the finish line to say this is the right deal. <laughs> this is the one you should go for. And Did they have to talk you off the having, ledge? 
Exactly. It's, uh, you're standing at the ledge and you know you need to jump. You know it's the right thing to do. And just having that team around you gave you the confidence. And I took all the education that Lifestyles offered, so it really prepared me to analyze the deal. But you still need that, that mentor or you still need some other uh, friends that you meet in the group just to say, yeah, this looks good. If you don't buy it, I'm going to buy it. Yeah, that's, that's something really I started. Behind it. That's a statement I started 30 years ago, man. If you don't buy it, I will. And I meant it. <laughs> so, But the bottom line is, <laughs> were you surprised how open everybody was? Not just the mentors who are there to help you, but all the other members, how open they are to share their information and what they know with you? Absolutely. I A lot of the leads that I worked with as a passive, I was able to reach out to them, just uh, get their take and understanding of various elements along the, the path to the deal. And it was invaluable having, knowing I could talk to someone who's already been there and them sharing exactly how they did it and applying that to my property. It was in, extremely valuable. How um, preemptive were you on starting your list of potential investors for your first deal? Would you start two months, six months, a year earlier than when you went after your deal? I actually had a, a pretty early start. I was still in Dallas at the time. I didn't move back to Phoenix till the summer of 2017. So I, I had a good uh, after Expo, probably another, you know, several months to start building that list. And then I continued building it as I uh, moved back to Phoenix. But uh, so I, ha I had a, a good runway to uh, get some investors on my list. Going to Expo, that's a good point. Uh what did you think when you walked into the room and there was 250 leads in a room and thousands of investors? What, what, what went through your mind? I mean, it's an incredible opportunity. There's uh, so many people to meet and learn from and opportunity. You just see opportunity everywhere. You talk to people and how they did it, and you realize, wow, I need to jump on this, and I need to take some action. And, you know, that's what I did. I, I very methodical. I overanalyzed everything, but I, I knew the path and I knew I needed to take action and meeting the people who have done it gives you all the confidence in the world. Did it uh, stimulate you to want to be a lead investor? Absolutely. It's a matter of getting, understanding the background of the leads you meet. Um, it's a, it's a pretty big variety, but you know, based on what I've done in my career and what I knew it took, it uh, it was definitely something that was, you know, a, something I could accomplish. And it gave me the confidence that, you know, I could do it based on my experiences and my background. Was your first deal a, a uh, pow I'm sorry, was it a, um, God, I can't, even, I can't even remember the names of my own words that I invented anymore. That's how old I'm getting. Uh, and I haven't taught for months because of COVID. I've been out for a whole year, so words disappear from me. Uh, was it a value play or a yield play for the first deal you went after? It was It was really a mix. It was more of a, a hybrid play, and it had some value-added elements in the property. I did some upgrades, uh, added some appliances, some washer and dryers in the unit, and uh, just various touches around uh, the building, new roof. Um, I put in some solar screens and added some landscaping and just created an, some value for those residents and the future residents, uh, you know, allowing us to increase rents uh, based on that value.
What kind of uh, results have you gotten so far? And you, you did this one in 2018. So you've had two yeah, years so on this, the first one? Yeah, so this one closed, yeah, just over uh, two years ago. Uh, we bought it for uh, $3.7 million. And I'm actually meeting with various brokers around town to get some valuations. But uh, it's uh, the, based on their opinion of value, it's uh, in that uh, mid $6.5 million range, not quite double the value. So uh, that really is triggering an opportunity for us to, uh, my partners, the passes in the deal to, you know, decide on the next step, uh, which likely will be to sell the property. So um, let's just, for the audience's sake, let's help them go through the numbers for a second. Now, you said 6.5. The resume says 5.5, so I assume it must have gone up some more since you wrote this resume um, type deal. But you paid 3.7 for it. You say it's worth 6.5. So let's just say it simply went up about $3 million. How much money down payment and rehab out-of-pocket-wise total did your partnership or LLC put into this deal? What was the total invested money? So we put in about uh, $1.6 million into the deal. So if you actually do come up and end up with a $3 million gain, capital gains-wise, you're talking about a 200% return capital gains-wise in simply two, two and a half, three years. That's unheard of. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly some expenses involved with selling it, uh, you know, the broker's fees and a, a small uh, loan prepayment. But uh, when you do the math, it uh, lands you in uh, well over doubling everyone's money that they put in the deal and very much ahead of the five-year plan I had um, since we're sitting at year two. And that's in addition to the cash flow, right? Correct. Wow. Yeah, it's been cash flowing uh Around, uh, I think we're going to be at 8% this quarter. So even with uh, some of the challenges with uh, with COVID, it, it's still cash flowing pretty decently. And uh, on top of that, you know, we, we have had some help with the market, and Phoenix has been on fire. So that's helping as well on the valuation. But, yeah, it'll be a, a nice, nice win for uh, all of my partners and myself. Let's talk about the second deal you did. Tell us about that one. Yes. Yeah, so the, the second deal came about, it was uh, uh, brokers that I had worked with on the first deal. It's uh, actually walking distance to the first property, about the same size. It's a 44 unit. And uh, that property had been going through, um, the majority of it had been uh, rehabbed. And the opportunity I saw was based on the rents I knew in that submarket, because at that point I had a very strong pulse on what I could achieve. It was uh, a little bit of a value play to finish out the upgrades on the remaining units, which is only about 10% of them. And then uh, on top of that was really just uh, bring the uh, rents up to market. And uh, it's been a phenomenal deal. It uh, didn't require you know as much capital, but uh, we're getting very solid returns on this property as well. Okay. So that was... Uh... What was it, Dave, 2019 on that one? This new, this third one you just did then, huh? Just recently? Yeah, the third one uh, closed uh, right, right in the middle of the pandemic. And it was an interesting story. I started pursuing it, uh, this property, back in early in uh, January and February. Made some offers. Uh, really was not the winner. And uh, uh, kind of started 
forgot about it and went on to the next property to start evaluating. And then COVID hit. Uh, so we had all the lockdowns in March. And, uh, you know, one of the brokers tipped me off and said, hey, the, the first two guys that were ahead of you bailed. And uh, let me know if you're still interested. And so we started talking and I rewrote some numbers, came in with a lower offer. And uh, they, uh, the sellers didn't accept it and uh, re-looked at the whole picture on it and said, you know what, I want this property. It's going to be a good property. And uh, ended up coming back to my original offer and uh, got the deal and uh, closed it back in uh, August of uh, 2020. Excellent. Excellent. Three great stories and uh, all done pretty rapidly. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about what the future looks like for Mr. Mark Petz and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. We'll be right back. Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell is Mark Petz out of Phoenix, Arizona. Mark currently has three syndications under his belt, one that just recently closed, 22 passive deals, eight of which have sold, and uh, total units of 4,891 units at this time. And uh, as we come back to break here, what we want to talk about with Mark is to, what, is the, what does the future look like for you, Mark? Um, in fact, we'll, we'll take one step back from that. Which deal was it that you retired, the second uh, syndication deal? And what did that look like? How did you know you were ready to retire? I was actually at a position where my, my cash flow after about two years between uh, cash flow and uh, capital gains was uh, exceeding my income, probably at that three-year point. And as I uh, moved into my third deal and had that under contract, I knew I was in good shape to uh, move out of corporate America and start uh, focusing on doing real estate investing full-time. And Really, kind of the, the trigger point, too, was um, I had been talking to uh, uh, Lynn Murrow, executive VP for Lifestyles, about mentoring in the Phoenix office, which had opened up, and uh, decided that I would leave my, my corporate job and uh, move into that role and, and help others uh, you know, go down the path that I did. It just seemed like uh, the logical thing to do because it gives me great joy to do that. And, and that was the trigger point, just a combination of uh, my passive uh, income and, you know, knowing that I could help others uh, just helped me pull the trigger. Well, there's a lot of satisfaction in that, is there not? Absolutely. Um, I enjoy it every day. And uh, at this point in uh, trying to grow the kind of the Southwest and the, the Phoenix, Arizona market, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I'm probably working with at least a dozen uh, different investors right now on whether they're buying an, an IRO property or uh, working on their, their first or second lead deal. And it, it's, a, it's a great group of people to work with, that's for sure. Uh, it seems to me that Phoenix is so centrally located in the, in the west of the country that you guys pull a lot of California clients into there? Absolutely. Um, just in general, 50, 60% of the deals that go down in, uh, in Phoenix are from California. And you know, those investors 
know Phoenix as a great market, and uh, it's a lot more uh, friendly as far as investing in real estate. And the returns, the yields are so much stronger. And it's becoming extremely popular. We're getting investors from all over at this point. And it's the, some of the East Coasters are waking up to it as well. So it's, uh, it's definitely a, a focus point for uh, many different investors. Now, I haven't been there in a long time. Uh, my mother died there. She lived there until she died, I guess the way I should say it. And uh, I remember, you know, central Phoenix, and then I remember the Camelback area. Uh, then I remember up north was where all the seniors lived. I don't remember the name of the area, but it was it was subdivisions and areas that were pretty much dominated by seniors. Uh, but it seemed to me that there was a bunch of towns that were just right outside of Phoenix that Phoenix was growing into. Has that all kind of consolidated now? Yeah, the Phoenix metro area, I mean, outside of the, the city of Phoenix, there's uh, Scottsdale, Tempe, Chandler, Gilbert, Mesa, Glendale, uh, lots of very large um, suburbs of Phoenix. And the uh, the amount of jobs coming into each of them is incredible. It's, it's very diversified depending what part of town you're in. And, uh, you know, the population growth from those jobs is just tremendous. There's over 80,000 people moving into the, the metro area each year. So it's it's uh, growing like gangbusters. So you say you've got about 12 different projects that you're helping with people right now? Yes, there's uh, a lot that they're actually selling their single family and looking to move that uh, capital into their own property, a, a smaller multifamily, maybe a 10 or 15 unit somewhere in Arizona. And then we've also got uh, a half dozen um, other members that are looking to do what I did and move into that first deal. And, you know, uh, mentors and other members did for me, I want to do for them as far as, you know, looking at their numbers and giving them the confidence it's a good deal and it's the right direction to, to go and jump off that ledge. <laughs> well, speaking of ledges, there was one more question I wanted to ask you. You did two deals at 40 units, which were about $3 million deals plus a little. Then this last deal was 92 units. It was $12 million. Was that a little scary to go from $3 million deals to $12 million deals? It, it was, but it wasn't. Um, it's a, something we talk about all the time in lifestyles. It's just, uh, you know, stepping up to the next size. And it, it actually is the same process. It's, uh, it was just as easy to do that deal. In fact, that third deal was probably the easiest to uh, accomplish. And uh, it was just using the same roadmap, and uh, you just follow that, and you're good. That's yeah, definitely easier to run a 90 unit than a 40 unit. There's no doubt about that. The economics of scale and the staff that you have available to you makes it a lot easier. So that's a good thing. Uh, what's the future look like for the Pets family? So the, the Pets family is going to continue investing in real estate. I have almost zero money outside of real estate invested. Um, just continue with the cash flows. I'm going to uh, continue the passive investing. I'm looking for my uh, fourth property uh, this year to close on. And uh, that's going to be what's going to take up a lot of my time, just uh, finding that right deal. And, you know, I think over the next uh, four or five years, spend time with my kids uh, before if they choose to, to leave and go off to college. Uh, I want to spend time with them and with my family and travel and continue investing in real estate. It's, uh, it's treated me well, and uh, that's, you know, the path I'm going to stay on. Excellent. 
All right, my friend. I uh, really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your story with us, and I definitely appreciate you out there working as a mentor. I mean, there's nothing more important than giving back. And by the way, for all of these who are listening, uh, a part of my spiel to people is that until you have enough money and enough time to give some of it away, to give some of it back to other people, then you're not and cannot consider yourself financially free. Financially free means you have more than enough for yourself and enough to share with other people. Mark, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. For the rest of you out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Monsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Monsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.